We are in a perfect storm when it comes to individual disability insurance. There has never been a better time to be offering disability insurance solutions to your clients. Consider that there are an unlimited amount of prospects. There is virtually no competition. Products are better than ever, and compensation is at an all-time high. Doesn't that sound like a business opportunity in which you want to be involved? But there is no easy button to push. You still have to put in the work to have conversations with prospects and clients about the importance of protecting their income and their business. The DI Guys Podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have these conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdo. This is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. We hope you had the opportunity to join us for the 2020 DI Summit. It was an amazing event with great presentations. In this episode, we want to replay Corey Anderson's presentation. Corey is a phenomenal DI producer, and he shared some great ideas regarding his broker's broker practice. We hope you enjoyed the replay. So what I want to do today is I want to introduce our first presenter, and that's Corey Anderson who is affectionately known as the DI Geek. I've had the privilege to know Corey for over 20 years. He truly is a geek when it comes to disability insurance and income protection. He probably knows more about the products than anybody that I know in the industry. He knows how the underwriting works and can help his clients navigate that particular process. And he is really good at making sure that they have the right plan for their particular needs. And so he's also a big contributor to NAFA. He will go anywhere and see anybody on any presentation to help NAFA grow their particular organization. And I know, in fact, he has a presentation to make uh, later today on their behalf. But as a good a producer he is, as, as a contributor to NAFA is, he's even a better person. He's a wonderful father. He believes strongly in his family and spending time with his family. He's created a practice that is based upon his ability to spend immense amount of time with his children. And I just can't say enough about what a great human being Corey is. And I know that you're really going to learn a lot from what, what we call a broker broker. And if you followed me at all and you followed Mike Cogdo, we've talked about how profitable a broker's broker's practice can be. And I don't want to steal his thunder. So what I'd like to do now is turn it over to Corey and Corey, it's all yours. We're really looking forward to your words of wisdom. Perfect. Well, thank you, Chris. Checks in the mail for that uh, introduction. Greatly appreciated. Let's see if we can do this screen share. Is it showing up? Chris, can you see it? Not yet, Corey. Hang on, Corey. Try it once more.
Is it working now? We got it, Corey. Thanks. Take it away. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So who needs disability insurance? We want to talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to talk about engaging a specialist and, and using a specialist and why you might want to use it. So one in four of today's 20-year-olds will become sick or hurt for 90 days or longer before they reach their retirement age. If they earn a paycheck, they need to protect it. Basically, think of it as, as it's your most valuable asset, paycheck. Your car isn't your most valuable asset. Your home isn't your most valuable asset. Your jewelry isn't. It's your paycheck. So when I think of who to talk to and who advisors should talk to and when I'm educating an advisor on who to bring this up to is, is your client working because they need to or because they want to? And if they're working because they need to financially, we should make you sure that we're reviewing their income protection plan hopefully every year, but at least every two to three years, worst case scenario. So why would you engage a specialist or a broker's broker? What, is, what do they do that's maybe a little bit different? This is their craft. This is what they do day in and day out. Their goal is to build that relationship with the underwriter and make it so strong that the underwriter trusts them and they trust their underwriter and it's a team. If you look at your underwriter as not part of your team, you're looking at things the wrong way. If you don't go to the home office and visit your underwriters, take them out to dinner on your dime, not on the carrier's dime, but on your dime, you're maybe looking at things a little bit differently uh, than you should. So the specialist is the one that builds those relationships with those underwriters, with the carriers, and understands how to get business done. So client matching, how do we match the client with the underwriter? Let me give you an example. We were working on a case where there was some medical issues and there was also some discount issues. Now, knowing my underwriters as well as I do, I went to one carrier that I thought would do what I wanted to do. However, knowing my underwriters, I knew one of them was not gonna give me the discount that I wanted. So I went to one underwriter and I talked with that underwriter, got the discount I wanted. Then I went to another underwriter at the same carrier and I talked to them about the medical side of it because I knew their personality and how they would react on the medical side and they got me what I wanted medically. If I would have gone to either one of those underwriters with both of those issues, I know their personalities well enough that I wouldn't have gotten what I want. So when I sent in my cover letter, I literally talked about underwriter A, and I talked about underwriter B, and how we got to that option for them, and that we should underwrite it based on this, and literally we got a client done with the discount and with this uh, medical issue that we needed to get done, when if I would have went to either one of those carriers exclusively or either one of those underwriters exclusively, we would have had issues. So knowing your underwriters is, is big. Also occupational, we just recently ran into a case where we had a uh, concrete worker and this concrete worker, when I got uh, referred in, I talked to the wife and the wife goes, yeah, he's uh, doing 90% concrete. Okay, great. 90% concrete, physical labor, all that stuff. I go, so tell me how much does he make? Well, in Minnesota, he was making 125. Well, as 125,000 of income in Minnesota, you're not a concrete worker, you're doing something more. So I asked some more questions and soon found out that he was partial owner of the business and that that ownership was gonna change by year end. So by year end, he was gonna be making about $180,000. I asked her some more questions. I said, so does your husband drive like a big Ford F350, dually diesel, Lariat, the whole thing? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And I go, when he's sitting at job sites, is he sitting at the job site dealing with all the problems of where's the concrete for that job? Where's the concrete for the next job? Dealing with estimates and all that stuff where he's on the phone 
most of the time. And then once in a while he jumps out and does some finishing work at the last minute before he jumps in his truck and deals with the next problem. Oh yeah, that's exactly him. And so we started talking about it. I said, so really he's actually doing manual labor where he's pushing concrete and doing some of the manual labor less than 50% of the time. They said, oh yeah, absolutely. So long story short, I call up my underwriter. I talk to my underwriter about it and we go back and forth on occupation. And turns out with the occupation class, they actually gave me one occupation class higher than I thought we would get. So it's knowing your underwriter and being able to explain that. Whereas if I would have just took what the client told me and went that way, we would have been at a completely different carrier with a completely different product. And in the end, we got a nice white collar carrier to write this client with the occupation class one better than I thought we were going to get. And we ended up doing that case literally within two weeks, start to finish, quick issue, the whole deal. So have a relationship with your underwriter and make sure the underwriter trusts you on all that. And you can work back and forth and talk through different stuff. Also, the client is not undersold or oversold. Well, what do I mean by undersold or oversold? I see many a times where the client might have that Cadillac Escalade of policies. They have every single feature available. They have lifetime benefit. They have all that. And then you ask them some questions about it. And they have no clue what they purchased. I want clients to understand what they're purchasing and making sure they're not overbuying. What do I mean by overbuying? Maybe they should be buying an age 65 versus a lifetime, or maybe an age 67 versus a lifetime. Maybe they should be buying um, some riders, like maybe they didn't buy a residual when they should have had residual on the contract. For me, for example, there's three things I like on every single contract. I want own occupation, if not engaged at a minimum. I want to make sure that there's a true residual policy or residual uh, rider on that feature or on that contract. So strong residual. And the third thing is I really like to have full mental nervous coverage if I can get it. Now, sometimes you can't get it at every carrier, but I'd really like to have mental nervous coverage the whole time if we can get it. So those are the things we try to work for and talk through. Now, undersold, what I mean by that is back when I was working in my brokerage days and I was on the sales desk and we were replying to clients, or advisors, I mean brokers, I had one advisor literally swear at me because I was putting on a feature on his quote. He said, don't ever put that bleeping stuff on my contract or on my illustration. Wait a minute, why? Why wouldn't we show the client the options? Why wouldn't we start with the Cadillac Escalade, help them understand disability insurance, and narrow it down to what specifically fits for their family situation? I'm married. I got a domestic engineer, homemaker, wife, four little kids at home, my situation's totally different than maybe a 40-year-old single with no kids and no plans to get married. So why should I make them get what I want versus what they want? I believe it's my duty to bring the options to the table, help them understand it, and in the end, if they go with more of your entry-level Ford or Chevy, I'm totally okay with that. If they go with the Geo Metro after we've explained it, I'm okay with that as long as they understand what they are purchasing. So we don't want to ever have them undersold and we don't ever want to have them oversold. No preconceived ideas of what the client wants. So like I was talking about catastrophic, don't just assume they're not going to want catastrophic, put it on there. I'll actually share a quick story. Many of you know George Davidson and uh, hopefully he's listening in and we were talking originally when catastrophic came out. I looked at George and I said, this is a bunch of crap. Nobody is ever going to buy this. This is a bunch of crap. He laughed, looked at me and said, Corey, your job is to be the consultant, bring the ideas to the client, see what the client says. 
I've had to eat crow now for about eight years. More than 70%, that's 70% of our clients go with catastrophic. So make sure you're showing them the catastrophic. Don't come in with those preconceived notions. So why use a specialist? Injury specialist supporting and promoting the industry. Um, for me, for example, I love promoting this industry. I get involved with NAFA. I get involved with the health underwriters. I get involved with the FPA. I get involved with the carriers. In fact, I've worked on a couple of carriers products over the last couple of years. So a specialist is going to know what's going on, not only in the industry, but what's going on with the different carriers and hopefully have some inside knowledge that maybe the um, general public doesn't always know. So get in there, get involved with that specialist who's going to know some of the behind the scenes stuff that uh, you might not normally know that's uh, maybe not public knowledge all the time. How do we do this? So we like to be a concierge, a broker's broker, whatever you want to call it. Um, basically, we want to be the specialist for that client. Now, how we do it is, is we leave our appointments where we put our whole calendar online. Uh, some people say you shouldn't do this. Some people say you should. We're not ones that schedule out far in advance. We, a lot of times, fill our schedule uh, last second with referrals that come in. Sometimes people schedule out weeks. Sometimes it's that day. We also sometimes even do evening appointments. As I talked about, uh, or as Chris talked about, I'm a family man, married with four little kids. I love to go out in the summer and go boating. So in the summer, typically I'm trying to work from 5 a.m. till about noon or 1, head out for the day, and if I once in a while have to have an 8.30, 9, 9.30 p.m. phone appointment, I will after we come off the boat. So what we do with our schedule is we put it online and they can click on first appointment, second appointment, third appointment, or annual review. So our first appointment, literally they can click on there, somebody who has referred to me, and they can click on there and schedule their time. Now, as a disability specialist, I like that because all of our business comes from other advisors. So I want that client and that advisor to be able to go on and schedule at any time. It's amazing how many times after 5 p.m. we see clients going on and clicking on and scheduling times for the next day or a couple of days out or a week out or whatever it may be because it's convenient for them at that time to go and look at the schedule. What do we share with the people that we're working with? We never meet the clients. Literally less than 10% of our clients do we ever meet. In fact, in 20, uh, 2019, I only had three clients we met during the entire year. The rest of the clients were all remote. And so one of those things is, is we need to help build trust. So what we do is, is we send out three attachments. The first attachment in the far left is basically a little bit about the uh, process, how, or I'm sorry, a little bit about who I am, who my family is, picture of my wife and the kids, just a little bit about that, uh, who is this character behind the uh, screen from the standpoint of you're never going to meet me. And speaking of character, I mean, look, I've only got half of a goatee. Why? To represent how many people have half a disability plan, which we'll get into more. So I like to have fun during the process. We talk a little bit about that over on the left-hand side. The middle one, the outline of engagement. We want to tell clients what to expect. Um, I think a lot of advisors don't tell clients what to expect. And so they're fearful of engaging advisors. They're fearful of engaging insurance agents because they're afraid that the person's going to come over to their house and never leave. Or they're going to go to that appointment with the client or with the advisor and they're never going to be able to get out the door. So I like to say, here's how long the appointments are going to take. Here's the process from start to finish. And here's my team, picture of my three staff that are phenomenal and keep me in line and a little group photo there. And then the third attachment we send 
There's a little story about Tim Cortier. Tim Cortier was an American family agent. He grew up in uh, Wisconsin, moved to Minnesota. I met him at a day at the Hill thing for NAFA and started talking to him about disability insurance after that. Next thing you know, I was writing his disability insurance. He ended up going out on claim with us. And it's a little bit about his story with brain cancer going out on claim. In fact, he even had tried to cancel his policy, but we preserved his policy and told him if he wants to cancel it, have his wife call me because I knew his wife. So long story short, we share these three attachments to help build that trust with them and, and get to know them a little bit better that way. So tried and true process, what do we do? We have that discovery recommendation meeting, understanding the client, designing a custom solution. When we do our first appointment, we typically do 30 minutes scheduled over the phone. However, in reality, it's typically 15 to 20 minutes where we're going through a bunch of health questions, income questions, occupational questions. The advisor already told them, you should make sure you're protecting your income, call Corey. Apologize, the neighbor's dog's barking. Anyways. Uh, call Corey, uh, he'll deal with it, but you need to look at disability insurance. Here's why you need to look at it. And then they're referring us in. So then we're handling all those questions, basically getting the whole story up front. During that first call, if we run into things like, for example, chiropractor, Minnesota is the land of 10,000 chiropractors. Everybody goes to a chiropractor. Well, how often do you go to a chiropractor? We get into those details and we're talking about if you're going to have an exclusion tied to that. And then also, how do you get that exclusion removed? Also, if uh, mental nervous, one of the most um, common exclusions is mental nervous drug and alcohol. So if you're going to have one of those exclusions, what does that look like? Also, how to get it removed. We want to address that in that first appointment before we've ever talked about price or shown any product. Because if they're going to have a problem with the mental nervous exclusion or they're going to have a problem with a spine exclusion, I want to address that on that first call versus getting to our, to our second and third appointment and spending time on something if they're never gonna take the policy with a spine exclusion or with a mental nervous exclusion or whatever it may be. Underwriting, uh, what we need to do is, is we need to know the client. So with knowing the client, knowing the underwriter, we wanna make that match, make sure we understand what the client's gonna say about um, their habits or what they're gonna say about their height and weight or what they're gonna say about their knee. Basically, most surprises in underwriting are the responsibility of the agent, meaning the agent should have known. I should, when I submit an application, I should know the client's gonna have a knee exclusion, a mental nervous exclusion, and a hip exclusion, or whatever it may be. If I have an exclusion like that pop up during underwriting, I believe that that's my fault if I didn't know that was gonna happen and I didn't convey that to the client. So try to avoid surprises at all times. That's why we have a 95% placement ratio of submitted applications to delivered applications via policies. Industry average is 60%. So that I think is another reason why you engage a specialist. The approval and the policy delivery, I think of that as just the beginning. So when we're getting the policy and sending it out to the client, uh, we send it electronically. Again, we're all remote. My staff, uh, the three assistants, I mean, we all work from home. Uh, we've been working from home for over three and a half years and have engaged that process where we're a paperless office. We do all electronic apps, all electronic delivery of policies whenever possible. So that's just the beginning though. Then you have the policy service. We have one dedicated team member that does all of our policy service and annual review stuff where they're getting in touch with the client doing address changes or benefit update changes or future increase option changes or whatever you want to call it. They're engaging in the policy service process. 
So questions, what, what we wanna do on the questions is, is we gotta make sure that we're answer, asking open-ended questions. So what do I mean on the open-ended questions? Have you been to a chiropractor, yes or no? Yes, well, how often do you go? Where do you go? What are you going there for? I wanna get into those different questions and dive deep into those questions to make sure we're addressing all of the, the different specific medical questions that are gonna come up during that process. So we wanna make sure we're asking open-ended questions and we're looking for those pregnant pauses. What do I mean by that? Um, you ask the question, have you been to a chiropractor? And the client says, he sits there, have you been to a chiropractor? And if they don't answer right away, you know there's an issue. So you wanna lean in and, and dive into that more. That's our process, start to finish. Um, a little bit about how we work though from our, from our agency standpoint is, like I said, we all work from home. We have Leona who does all of our new clients. It seems to work basically anytime we get a referral, it's on her desk to make sure we're following up on that referral, following up and getting the appointments going. If clients aren't responding, that we're being pleasantly persistent but not harassing them. Also at the same time with that is, is it's you know, being careful about that to make sure we're updating the advisor through that process, but that we're again, not harassing the client. So we gotta find out if they give us permission to quote unquote harass them or just lean in. So it's always a, a dance on that. But Leona handles that and then once we do our first appointment, she's the one putting together the quotes for us. I review those quotes before we send them out. We always do an Excel spreadsheet. So we spreadsheet everything. A lot of people in the industry say you should never spreadsheet ever, anything. We spreadsheet absolutely everything. And the reason we spreadsheet it is I wanna talk about different features. I wanna talk about stories. And off of that spreadsheet, we spend a good hour on our second call going through an Excel spreadsheet. Now some people from a technology standpoint say, how do you share that spreadsheet? Do you do share screen? No, do you share a video of yourself? Or, or a picture of yourself? No, this beautiful face was uh, meant for uh, radio and this voice was meant for newspaper. So we don't do any of that. We literally send an Excel spreadsheet plus the illustrations via email. And when they arrive via email, they have to click on a secure link to open it. And then we go in and we look at the spreadsheet with them and have them pull that up. And then if we need to, we'll get into the individual illustrations, but typically we're looking at a spreadsheet. That call, like I said, lasts about an hour. At the beginning of the call, I review all the medical to make sure that there's no surprises or changes that have happened. Then what we do on the spreadsheet is we have a few different tabs. We have the individual tab. If we're dealing with overhead or buy-sell, we would have that, but otherwise we have the individual tab. We have the UW responses or the underwriting responses. We talk about what the carriers came back with. And then what we also have is, is we have a spreadsheet called Assurity, it'll, I'm sorry, it'll say CI, Critical Illness Insurance. So we talk about critical illness insurance as well on that call. So during that, we review the medical, then we go through the different options within that and try to make that spreadsheet more or less come to life for the client and help them understand it. At the bottom of the spreadsheet, we show the annual premium for the Cadillac version. So here's your Cadillac Escalade policy, here's the premium. And then a couple of rows above that, we show the residual only premium. Now we quote, starting off 90 days, an age 67 benefit with residual, with mental nervous, with true and occupation, with cost of living, with catastrophic, you name it. We typically load that up. 
And then we talk through that residual only would be minus a few of these things. And we talk through those different rows as we're going through it with the client. But at the end of the day, we also are talking about their group plan. So on the right side of the spreadsheet, we put their group plan and we talk about how it's a half a plan. Your group disability policy you think is there for you, it's not. And we talk through all the limitations of a group disability policy. And we believe that if you're working because you need to financially, your group plan is not going to be enough. That's half of a disability policy. So we get into that and, and talk about that. And then we go line by line through that spreadsheet. And again, telling different stories like residual, compare residual to a football goalpost and how it's covered in the left and the right hand side. Uh, so we get into those different features and go through that. At the end of that call, sometimes clients are ready to move forward. Uh, my thing is, if we know you're going to do disability insurance and we already know the carrier, let's start the process. Uh, more than half of our clients do change at time of delivery, meaning once you're or right before delivery, once you're approved, a lot of times clients might change the waiting period or the benefit period or different features, but that's because the advisor then is re-involved in the process. We bring the financial planner back to the table or financial advisor or life insurance agent, whichever it may be. If they want, we bring them back to the table and have them kind of chime in on, here's what I think you should do. Maybe you should skip this or skip that. And here's why related back to your financial plan. So then once we have them chime in, then we're telling the carrier how to issue the policy. We're delivering that policy electronically to them and then answering any questions if they have any. The beauty is electronic delivery. If any of you are not embracing that, you're missing out. That's phenomenal, literally phenomenal. In fact, uh, there's some carriers where they'll even literally send you a note when the client's in there working on delivering their policy. So you can pick up the phone and call them right when they have it open and answer any questions. So my staff will pick up the phone and say, oh, I see you're logged in right now. Let's help you deliver that policy. So the delivery of the policy, again, we do it electronically whenever possible. Some carriers have it, some carriers don't. Some carriers will embrace DocuSign. We use DocuSign. In fact, we were uh, some of the first electronic apps with a few carriers. Uh, we like to embrace that new technology, at least from a carrier standpoint. So once we're in with that second appointment, if they want to move forward, we move forward. If not, we schedule a third appointment. The third appointment is to get off the fence appointment. At the end of that third appointment, you're either moving forward with an application or you're sending me some reasons why you're not so that we can share that back with your financial advisor or your property casualty agent or life insurance agent or whoever sent you to us. We want to make sure that we're having closure. The maybes are what kill us in this industry. We want yeses or noes and get to that yes or get to that no. Like uh, Erwin was saying the other day, I love it. Get to the noes. That's okay. A no is not a bad thing. What if your goal every week was 100 noes? That's fantastic. I love that idea. Absolutely love it. So that's the disability insurance process in a nutshell with us. A couple other pieces on it, though, is exams. Uh, COVID-19, uh, nobody planned on this global pandemic. If you can't sell or talk to clients about disability insurance now, just do yourself a favor. Don't do it anymore. Call up a specialist and engage a specialist because you're never going to be able to do it. If you can't talk about disability insurance now, and if it's not flying off the shelf for you right now, then you're missing the boat. Right now, I mean, people are getting literally a test run of what a disability looks like. What do I mean by that? They literally are going months without a paycheck. Many people, right here in the Twin Cities, we have a huge orthopedic group. Literally all the doctors in this orthopedic group, which are making 800 plus a year of income, they all had to sign an agreement that they were not gonna get paid for three months. 
So they're already experiencing a disability from the standpoint of the financial ramifications of it. Now, granted they aren't sick or hurt, they're actually not sick or hurt, but imagine if they are sick or hurt as well. So no income plus being sick or hurt. Long story short with COVID-19 is, get out there, see the people, ask them how they're doing, and if they're working, or even if they're not working, lean in towards them and see what their income protection plan is. Make sure they're protecting 100% or more of their income. You can protect 115% of in people's income. Why aren't we? Why aren't we showing retirement protection to every client? We do. We show it to the clients. Do they all do it? No. But what's our job? To bring the maximum and let them make an informed decision. Don't be that broker that used to swear at me on the phone and say, don't send me all those riders. Send the clients the rider. Show them their options. Help them customize it. Because you know how good a client feels when they get to take a few features off and they get to change the premium and customize it to them? It's like going and buying a car. Once you've had air-conditioned seats, you kind of want it on every car. But do you need that when you're in your, your 25? Maybe you're not going to have air-conditioned seats. Maybe you're not going to have a heated steering wheel. Okay, that's okay. You can skip a few features on your disability contract. Mr. Cogno, Mr. Carlson, questions for me, sir? Corey, that was a great job. If you stop sharing your screen, then we can see your half of a facial hair plan. And I guess my question, Corey, on the facial hair, how long will you continue to have that beautiful look? Well, I, I did it for today only, but now you have me thinking. I, I mean, Chris, we might be onto something here. <laughs> I love it, Corey. Hey, Corey, a couple questions for you. Um, what was going on or what happened or what was not happening that caused you to go from what I would call a traditional brokerage rep into this concept of a broker broker? <laughs> Luckily, uh, couple of individuals in this industry, one on the call probably, George Davidson, Mike Sir came to me and said, we think there's an opportunity in the marketplace to do this where you deal day in and day out with brokers that just can't sell disability insurance. They're having a problem. They're telling, I got the call all the time that said, when I followed up on a quote, the client said it was too much. The cost was too much. Well, no kidding. It was more than a dollar. Nobody wants to pay for disability insurance. But when something happens, they want to make sure it's there. So it's one of those things where a client, the brokers were just having a tough time selling it. I was getting frustrated with them. And they came to me and they said, why don't you start this business where you go out and do it for the advisor as the specialist? So it was wonderful. What was the, what was the toughest thing to, to get started and get some momentum, Corey? Trust. Having trust, having the confidence of the advisor they're giving you their trusted relationship where they maybe have a five, ten, fifteen thousand dollar fee for assets under management, or they've got some big whole life policy on them, or they've got all their home and auto and business insurance, and they're a very valued client of theirs, and they're afraid you're gonna screw it up for them. So having to build that trust with them and that confidence with them that you're the specialist and you'll handle it and, and their clients are going to be better off after working with you and you're going to leave them in a better position, even if they don't do the insurance, that you're going to leave them in a better position than when they found you. Now, Corey, you mentioned uh, if we can't sell DI with a COVID-19 phenomenon, you know, you need to call a specialist. What other changes are you seeing other than maybe the, the volume of people who you're talking to uh, as a result of COVID-19? Anything significant? 
Well, the volume's been way up, but one of the things I'm preaching about is no exams. Um, we had a client that hurried up. They had they were doing a large loan for their optometrist business that was expanding. They were doing a large loan, and they needed to get some insurance tied to that. And actually, they were referred to us by their property casualty agent because the banker told them to get this, which blew my mind. I'm like, why didn't you talk to this client years ago? But anyways, we started talking to the client. We're talking about individual. We're talking about overhead. We talk about loan protection, all that stuff. We end up pursuing one of the insurances. We get him into underwriting. He's healthy as can be. And we literally get him approved pending the exam. And unfortunately, he hurried up and got the exam done at the beginning of COVID. And he went from approved as applied to declined. And he was declined at not only every traditional company, but impaired risk company and Lloyd's. And it was all because of his blood and urine and he had liver function issues. And trying to get liver function issues figured out during COVID, good luck, buddy. And it's going to be months before you get to the bottom of this and figure out what's going on. So my point in all that is, is we're sharing that story with advisors and clients and potential clients and on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that saying, there has never been a better time in my 20-year career to be looking at income protection. Never a better time. No blood or urine. I mean, come on. How amazing is that? That's a great point. Hey, Corey, um, I know that most of your work has traditionally been over the phone. With the popularity of Zoom, are you doing more Zoom calls or are you just sticking to the tried and true phone? I mean, I have half of a mustache or goatee. I literally have no hair on my head. This beautiful face was literally meant for radio. Come on. Like, no, I I haven't been doing Zoom. I Irwin's presentation yesterday literally was wonderful and had me thinking maybe I need to actually start doing it uh, from the standpoint of actually so they can see my eyes and see your facial reactions and stuff and I can see theirs. But no, we haven't in literally 17 years, we haven't done these. We just don't do them. It's phone. And in fact, that first phone appointment, Chris, I encourage clients during COVID it's different, but if you have a commute to work, let's do that first phone appointment while you're commuting to work and and make some good use of that 20 or 30 minute drive you've got. Interesting. Corey, I have one more question. I'm sure Mike might have a question or two. Um, and I know, I know it's, it's a tricky issue and I think you've maybe changed your position uh, over the years, but there's probably some people on the call that are saying, you know what? I think I'd like to get into this type of business. And the question always comes up, what do I do about comp with my referring agent? So maybe you can address from a global perspective, uh, maybe what you did in the past, what you do now and advice you would give to a brand new broker broker. So a couple things. One is if you ever want to hear the process, you can email Lisa at disabilitygeek.com. And I offer this nationwide. Chris, you've sent numerous people who've listened into me before. Um, heck, Michael Prothy listened to me years ago, wanted to listen in on my whole process. And it's something where if you ever want to listen to our process, first, second, third appointment, we do that regularly with the client's approval and the advisor's approval. So if you ever want to hear how we ask our medical questions, how we do the financials, occupation, all that, and how we do our sales process, happy to share that. You can literally listen in on our phone calls. My only requirement is that you're willing to give us feedback after that call and give me some positive and negative, actually not positive, I don't care about positive. Give me some constructive criticism about what you would change, what you'd improve so that we can get better at our craft. 
as far as comp and how do we do that? How we do it, and I wish I would have done this from day one, is we never split cases. So we do not split a client at the carrier level. We are 100% advisor on that client. And then what we do is, is we pay a referral fee. Assuming that client is, or that advisor has an insurance license, then we pay them 35% of the premium if it's a traditional carrier under the age of 55 client that we're writing. If they do Lloyd's or impaired risk, that that number changes. We also retroactively increase that 35% to 50% if they write more than $10,000 a year of premium with us. So in essence, they're giving you comp. It's, we basically give them the normal first year street comp if they're writing more than 10 grand a year of premium with us. And you 1099 them, is that correct? Yep. So we 1099 them and we annualize it. We have a gentleman's handshake. We don't write up five page agreements and all that. It's as long as the client keeps the policy for a year or more, then you keep all of your referral fee. If they uh, cancel within the first six months or a year or whatever it may be, we'll have to settle up somehow because I'll get chargebacks. But I annualize it, whether the client pays monthly, quarterly, semi-annual or annual, we annualize the referral fee. It's your client, it's never ours. We get clients in Alaska, somebody else's client will ask us about life insurance. That's your client, so we refer them back to you for the life insurance. Long-term care insurance, property casualty, investments, they're your client, they're not our client. Corey, I think it goes back to what you said earlier on, how you got started and what the obstacle was trust. And obviously you have a very trusting relationship with the people that you do business with. Mike, I want to turn it over to you. I kind of uh, hogged all the questions of Corey. So Mike, any questions you have of Corey? One, can I jump into one thing on that relationship is I see some people that, that don't give the referral fee down the road too. So for example, uh, typically we'll have, if the client refers us somebody else, at just for disability insurance. Again, it's still tied to your relationship, so we compensate that advisor, where a lot of advisors won't do that in this industry. We wanna keep our referring sources very happy and loving to do business with us, and so that's how we operate. Mike, any questions? Corey, thank you this morning uh, for taking the time. Yes, I have one quick question, and I think, Corey, this is an easy answer for you. Um, you probably have already answered it, but one of the things that I've heard for the, you know, the 30 plus years I've been in the business, it goes back to this trust thing, one with a half a goatee, good luck, and developing trust, but, and going through TSA. But that being said, have you ever had a broker or a financial planner come back to you and say, and I think I know the answer, you blew it. You blew it, Corey. My person is so mad at you, I'm never doing this again. Because I think I know the answer, I, I think we perceive sometimes it's kind of like, and I'll let you answer, talking about underwriting. You know, they used to call it business prevention, which we know is not true. You have 95% placement. So have you ever had somebody call you and just go, Corey, I can't believe what you just did. Please answer. That's my only question. Thank you. <laughs> so I don't know if you knew what the answer was going to be on this. So a couple things on that. One is, is it's, we're in one of the most sensitive subjects we're dealing with clients on. And mental nervous is probably the toughest you have to deal with people on is depression, anxiety, bipolar, whatever it may be. Uh, it's a very, very, very touchy subject. I've been doing disability specialists for basically 17 years. And early on in my career, I had um, one where it was, I was all jovial and excited on the phone call, going through the questions. We get partway through the mental nervous and my voice goes to, okay, so you want this, you want, that. and it was, I lost all trust with that client. 
So you got to be very careful of being that chameleon for the client. Also, not every client's going to drive with every advisor. We have some clients, there's some advisors where once in a great while we'll run into a client that just, we're not a good mix. We'll still work with them. We'll do it all. But sometimes they're like, yeah, the client wasn't the biggest fan of you. Okay. That's okay. Look, I'm not everything to everybody. We're going to do our best to try and work with the clients, but also we're not perfect. We're not a perfect match. As you know, I'm a different personality on certain things. I'm not going to be a perfect match with everybody. I mean, I'm dead sexy, but I'm not going to be a perfect match for everybody, Mike. Well put, and thank you very much, and thank you for your time. So, Corey, before I let you go, uh, give uh, Lisa's email address, then also give your email address in case anybody wants to reach out to you. So, Lisa does all of our scheduling stuff. She can add you in on a call, Lisa at disabilitygeek.com. Lisa at disabilitygeek.com. My email, disabilitygeek at disabilitygeek.com. Disabilitygeek at disabilitygeek.com. Or you can always check our website, disabilitygeek.com. Corey, you were awesome. Thank you, my friend. You have a great rest of your day, and uh, thanks for everything you do for us. Perfect. I'm looking forward to you having a half a go to you uh, tomorrow on the call. Uh, there you go. Thanks, buddy. Thanks.